0: Do you ever think to yourself that gardening is starting to get a little bit complicated? You're not alone. With all the different hacks and influencers and products out there, there tends to be also a lot of misinformation. If that's how you feel about gardening and plant care right now, then this is the podcast for you. My name's Ashley and I'm a soul Scientist and I like to take that science and apply it to all things plants. I am Canadian, but my methods to madness apply to anyone, anywhere. If you like the sound of that, be sure to stay tuned. On this podcast, we're going to be reviewing products, going over the science, and even doing some in-person interviews with industry experts and people such as yourself. So if you want to join in, be sure to share and leave a comment down below. Hello, it is Ashley, and welcome to podcast number two. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about using leaf cutter bees in the garden. And let me tell you, this is a new concept to me, and I'm sure it's also a new concept to a lot of you. But I've officially fallen down the rabbit hole and completely become obsessed with the idea of having leaf cutter bees in my garden. So, we're going to be going through exactly what this entails why this is important, how it became a thing, and everything else in between. So stay tuned and let's just jump straight into the facts. So as a gardener, we are always looking for ways to increase the yield in our gardens. The way we can do this is through planting more plants, maybe fertilizing the plants specific to their needs, and increasing the number of pollinators in our backyard with various different types of cover colors. And I spoke a little bit about this in a blog post not too long ago, where we looked at increasing the number of hummingbirds and butterflies in our backyard, which obviously is going to increase the number of pollinators. And those tactics involve simply making an ecosystem within a city setting that is Attractive to these beautiful creatures and that can involve everything from feeders to incorporating certain colors and certain plants all the way to removing things like wind chimes or uh, spinners that would scare these creatures off. But there is another way to increase the number of pollinators in your backyard, and that would involve the addition of leafcutter bees into the garden. Now, you can purchase leafcutter bees. You've been able to purchase leafcutter bees for many, many years now. However, they have typically only been accessible to farmers that have alfalfa fields because this is where they were commonly used. They were first discovered in the 1930s in World War II when soldiers came over to Europe from North America, Canada, and the U.S. specifically, and they saw alfalfa fields covered in these sleep cutter bees. They noticed a huge number of uh, yield increases in these areas and so after the war was done they decided to do some research dig into it a little bit deeper and well we now have domesticated leafcutter bees here in north america now it is important to note that there are native leafcutter bees across north america but the ones that you commercially purchase are generally from that europe asia area same thing with honeybees. Common misconception is that those are native to North America. That is not the case. Those are actually also imported from European Asian countries. So keep that in mind. Now, while they are considered quote-unquote invasive, they don't cause any ecological strain, whereas most uh, invasive species can. It is purely a benefit when it comes to the leafcutter bee, and that is mostly because we already had solitary bees that had inhabited the area prior to uh, 1930. So that brings me to our next point, which is that leafcutter bees are solitary bees. And This is drastically different than the hive mentality of a honeybee. So with a leafcutter bee, because they are solitary bees, they don't actually produce any honey. And because of the lack of honey production, they really don't have anything to to defend. So they never became aggressive around their nest, and they actually just never became aggressive in general. They never had any Winnie the Pooh teddy bears trying to crawl into their hive to get a dummy morsel. They, They never had to deal with that because of the lack of honey. Production. So they never became defensive. This makes them absolutely perfect for a backyard setting. They are kid friendly and they are pet friendly. If you look these guys up on YouTube, it is crazy to me, but there are people that literally are petting these things and they just are completely ignoring the person. So that is pretty wild. Now, something else to note is that people who deal with these bees and actually walk into the nesting area where they keep these don't wear any gear no protective equipment whatsoever because again these bees are so docile they never developed that fight um, fight response to an intruder in their area so that is something interesting to think about This is nice because this means you can place your nesting block near a sitting area. You can actually get Nesting blocks from companies such as Backyard Pollinators, who's actually sponsoring this video or this podcast, where you can put the nesting block on a window and watch it from the comfort of your home. And this is because, again, they are docile. One thing that you will want to keep in mind when choosing a position for your nesting block is you don't want to place it in a high traffic area. They're docile, but they're also very shy and so we don't want to scare them off away from their home so you want to keep it um, a fair distance away from high traffic areas keep that in mind Uh, give them just a little bit of space. Another incredibly interesting thing about these leaf cutter bees is that they are considered super pollinators, and that is a term that should not be taken lightly because I was actually looking up some studies done by the USDA in a confined greenhouse setting and then also netted experiments where they compared leaf cutter bees to your classic honeybee or bumblebee and it was noted that the leaf cutter bee can do the job of approximately 20 honeybees one leaf cutter bee equals 20 honeybees so i dug into this a little bit deeper because i thought that these stats were wrong and they are not the reason for this is actually because Bumblebees carry the pollen just on their legs, whereas leafcutter bees carry the pollen all over the hairs that are located all over their body. So when they move plant to plant, they are depositing a ton of pollen. And this is important because what this means is we are getting a diverse genetic code spread out amongst the garden. This ultimately results in not only higher yields, but if you are a seed saver or into seed saving, you will have higher levels of genetic diversity in the seeds that you decide to save, meaning you will have more seeds that are well adjusted to different circumstances. So incredibly important in that regard as well. The life cycle of a leafcutter bee is actually pretty simple and it's the life cycle of any solitary bee it is relatively short and uneventful so a leafcutter bee when they hatch they will come out and the males will procreate the females after they have done their duty they will uh, pass away days later leaving just the females behind That means the female bees are responsible for finding a nesting position, collecting nesting material, uh, collecting pollen, nectar, and ultimately having the eggs and ensuring the survival for the next generation. So... One female typically will lay around 20 eggs and one third of those eggs will, again, be female, the rest being male. So that life cycle will continue on and on. Every six to eight weeks, you will end up with a new generation. Depending on the zone you're in and how long your growing season may be, you could have one generation or you could have multiple generations in a summer. It kind of depends. What they do in order to procreate or to lay the larva is they will cut leaves and that's where this name comes from and this may be a turning point for some of you as to why you may not like it but google some photos i honestly don't think it's that bad the trade-off is i mean the gains you're getting from using leaf cutter bees is just enormous to me that a couple holes in your leaves really shouldn't deter you away from this whatsoever But they will cut circular sized holes in your leaves to make their tunnels. And then they will, uh, that's where they overwinter or go dormant inside of. So they will leave some cut marks in your leaves. It actually kind of looks pretty, personally, I believe that. And they will put that material into the nesting block. From there, this is where the babies hang out. And this is also what you would Bring indoors to refrigerate if you so choose and want multiple generations year after year. Now, because their life cycle is so short and sweet, they typically do not like to travel far from home their preferred distance is around 100 meters away from their nesting block but if there isn't sufficient enough food they have been known to travel up to 200 or 300 meters away from their home to provide proper nutrients you're going to want to use a wildflower mix maybe some alfalfa obviously fruit and vegetable flowers will help that sort of thing One thing to note is because these bees enjoy warmer climates, they will not be ready or hatched in time to pollinate fruit trees in the spring in colder climates. That would include crab apple trees, cherry trees, that sort of thing. So keep that in mind. If you're using them to pollinate any sort of fruit tree, they will not be ready. That brings me into my next point. If you choose to get leaf cutter bees, you will want to place them outside once it gets to be about 25 degrees Celsius outside. They like warmer air, so that may be beginning of June, mid-June for you. Backyard pollinators actually ships between February and June. But if you don't want to store these in your fridge, then Obviously, you're going to want to get them later in the season because they need those warmer temperatures outdoors. It's typical that you won't actually see any leaf cutter bees until beginning of July. It takes around 28-ish days for these guys to hatch and come out of their nesting blocks, So keep that in mind. Once they're out, however, they are very, very busy bumblebees and they will not cease to exist until the job is done and that is why they are called super pollinators is they just do not seem to want to give up so When you're choosing a position for the shelter, we talked about keeping it out of a high traffic area, but you can put it in a position where you're able to watch them and observe them from a distance. You're also going to want to make sure it's out of high winds or high heat. And the best way to do this is actually placing it up against a sheltered area, whether that be a tree or a home, a shed, whatever the case is, this will provide it a little bit of protection. You also want to make sure that it's in an area that will keep it relatively uh dry and rain free now you can put these on the window and i'm gonna put mine on the window because i actually want to watch them from my living room but don't place it in the south facing window you don't want to cook these guys they like heat but they don't want to bake so keep that in mind they also do They don't like shade, they don't like cold, so don't put it up against a north-facing wall that gets no sun. If you have an area in your yard that is sheltered from wind and rain, but also you would consider a partially shady area, this is the spot for your leafcutter bee nesting block so give that a try now you can get really nice huts uh backyard pollinators again they sell a very nice cedar hut check out the blog post check out the youtube video on this but they have a pretty nice setup so that is something to keep in mind you could grab that or you can just get the styrofoam nesting block that you would like i said put on your window or build your own little hut but Ultimately, it's up to you what you want to do with it. The nesting block is the important part. That's the styrofoam part with the holes in it because that is what you would be bringing indoors if you choose to do generation after generation. Now, if you get a hut and you don't want to bring these inside or you don't want to store them over winter, you can just get new nesting blocks year after year. There's no reason why you can't. Um, There's no problem there. So that's also something to keep in mind. I hope this helps you guys out a little bit in determining whether or not you want to grab leaf cutter bees be sure to check out the blog post it has a lot more information in there and then also the youtube video that will be coming out too um ultimately this is to convince you to get these guys because i do think it is a great solution especially if you're in a busy city where you are going to have a a harder issue getting those calmer creatures such as butterflies and bumblebees into your yard. Remember, these are non-aggressive in nature They are conveniently clean and easy to care for. There's no such thing as hive collapse or anything crazy like that with these guys. While they're not native to North America, they are beneficial to North American ecosystems. And there is a wide variety of leafcutter solitary bee types that are native to the area. So our plants naturally are designed very well to suit this type of critter they don't like to go below five degrees celsius when they are dormant so make sure to keep them in the refrigerator indoors if you're in a colder canadian climate but also when it comes time to hatching you're going to want to make sure it is 25 degrees or higher outdoors in order for them to hatch happily otherwise if you put them on a little bit sooner you're just gonna have to wait a little bit longer Keep in mind that the name is fitting because they will cut up your leaves in order to make their little nesting tunnels for their babies, but it is a trade-off because while they may cut a few holes in your leaves, they are super pollinators and they do the job of up to 20 honeybees, which is incredibly valuable when we're looking for higher yields and stronger seeds for seed saving. They only travel about 100 meters from their home, but they will travel as far as 200 to 300 meters if food is not sufficient enough. So please consider using a wildflower mix, planting plenty of fruits and vegetables, that flower, and maybe even some alfalfa seed as a nitrogen-fixing cover crop for your garden just to provide that little bit extra food. Because they don't like to come out of hibernation early, you are going to want to not use these for a fruit crop or a tree fruit crop such as crab apples, cherries, that sort of thing, because they will not yet be awake. They are going to visit your neighbors because your neighbors are most likely within that hundred meter range, but again they 're friendly and they just want to get the work done that they need to get done before this season is over. So let your neighbors know they are friendly and harmless. If you guys found this helpful, please let me know in the comments. Be sure to rate this, you, this YouTube, this podcast. I keep forgetting this is a podcast, not a YouTube. If you guys watched me, I should film these. I'm very animated. I'm moving my arms. I'm just talking, talking, talking. Same way I do my YouTube videos. It's like I'm on camera, but I'm not. I'm sitting here in my pajamas on the couch. Doesn't count, right? Right? Right. I want to thank you guys so much for listening, not watching, listening, and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.